50 years ago, a woman became king. Billie Jean King ousted Bobby Riggs in a battle of the sexes. It's still the most watched tennis match in the history of the sport, and now Congress wants to give her a medal. It was 1973. Bobby Riggs, former world number one, boasted that he could beat any woman in a tennis match. Billie Jean King took him seriously, and the match was set. They played in Houston, the Astrodome. An estimated 90 million tuned in to watch as Billie defeated Bobby in three sets. King will be awarded the Congressional Gold Medal later this year. Looking back, she said it was about more than tennis. It was about social change showing the world that women can succeed, that they shouldn't be regarded as second class. Well, Jesus truly saw those who were overlooked by his society in his day. He encountered the forgotten. He treated them like beloved children of the Lord, because that's what we are. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Thursday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program in our series this week called Encounters with Jesus. In the next few minutes, I want us to see how Christ looked upon us as his sheep, and then how he interacted with both the rich and the poor. As we begin this program, though, I want to share how theater has always been a powerful way to tell a story. Millions have flocked to theaters to see secular musicals like Hamilton, Wicked, Phantom of the Opera, but Broadway rarely has had space for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm so excited that the Sight and Sound Theater Company exists to bring the story of Jesus to the stage and dramatically tell the greatest rescue story of all time with professional performers, first-rate production quality, and musical numbers that'll resonate in your bones. And I'd like you to experience it for yourself, where you live. This production is simply called Jesus, and we have the special edition DVD available to you as our way of saying thanks for your support of Haven Ministries. Why don't you call us after the program? The number to call and make your gift and get a copy of the special edition DVD is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or head over to our website after the program and see what it looks like with an excerpt we've posted. Haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now... I'd like us to open with two mats singing for us, singing How Rich a Treasure. Why? 
voices of Matt Boswell and Matt Papa here in this haven today called Encounters with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris, and that's a song called How Rich a Treasure, opening the program today. Anyone who has encountered Jesus in the Bible knows that he liked to tell parables, stories. Many of them weren't literally true. We know this. Stories like the parable of the 99 sheep. Our friends at the Sight and Sound Theater included this parable in their production of Jesus, the play that is all about Christ and his work of salvation. Listen to how this parable is performed on stage and then recorded on a special edition DVD. You're suggesting that Almighty God welcomes back any sinner no matter what they've done. He does more than that, Judas. He goes after them. He's like a good shepherd who has, say, a hundred sheep. If one of them wandered off and was lost, the shepherd would leave the 99 others and go into the darkness to search for that one. And when the shepherd found it, he would rescue it, embrace it, and joyfully carry it all the way home. And when he returns home, he would call together his friends and his neighbors, saying... Rejoice with me, because I have found the one that was lost. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who don't need to repent. That was the parable of the 99 sheep from the musical Jesus at the Sight and Sound Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep to show that the kingdom of God is accessible to all, even those who were sinners or strayed from God's path. He used the example of a shepherd, God, who has a hundred sheep and one of them goes missing. The shepherd leaves the ninety-nine others behind and searches high and low for the lost sheep. Well, here it is, as Jesus told it in Luke 15. It opens the chapter with the tax collectors and the sinners all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Luke 15, 1-7 Parables They were stories that a moral or an ethical teacher would come up with in order to teach something. It was a well-known practice. Parables were fictional, but they gave tremendous insight into the real world. But there's one parable that Jesus told which some say wasn't a parable at all, and that's the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. In his encounter with the rich and the poor, This story shows us how much of Jesus' heart was for the world. Well, let me share it with you. It's one chapter on at Luke 16. I'll start reading at verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen 
and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. That was Luke sixteen, nineteen through 31 the story of Lazarus, a poor man, and the rich man. And it reminds me of another story. Les Miserables is a classic story written in the 1800s by Victor Hugo, originally written in French, but it's been translated many times. If you can make it through the entire book, which is about a thousand pages, it's well worth the read. It's been on Broadway. It's been made into multiple movies. It's an incredible tale of the power of grace. It tells the story of the desperation of the poor and the destitute leading up to the French Revolution. The poor really saw themselves as Lazarus from Jesus' parable about Lazarus and the rich man, overlooked and downtrodden. This parable has had a long-lasting impact through history. This story of the rich man and Lazarus was the foundation for the establishment of an order of knights called the Order of Lazarus. They were a group of knights who had been struck with leprosy. They were outcast and ignored, so they formed an order to take care of others like themselves. They mainly took care of the sick, but this order was revived during the French Revolution to give aid to the poor as well. Christians have always been called to care for the hurting and the desperate, for the exact reason that they know what it means to be hurting and desperate. The story of Lazarus and the rich man shows us this call so vividly. Like I said earlier, some theologians who studied this passage don't think that it is technically a parable. I still remember my pastor years ago. Whenever he would teach this passage, he would emphasize story, not parable. Story, not parable. One more time he would say it. Story, not parable. Well, whether this is a true story or a parable, it doesn't change just how applicable it is to us today. This parable confronts us all. We encounter Jesus, the Messiah, in it. 
and we encounter his heart for the lost. The scene Jesus described is one that we've seen throughout history. The poor and the destitute, ignored day after day. How many homeless people have you seen completely ignored? How many beggars on a street corner have you driven right past? We have our reasons for doing so. But this story highlights something else Jesus said. Give to everyone who begs from you. Children of the Lord are called to be a generous people because the Father has been so generous to us in Christ. That poor beggar, Lazarus, was ignored day after day by the rich man. And there's something very interesting here. Did you notice that it's the rich man who doesn't have a name in the story? In today's world, it's the rich, the powerful, and the privileged who have a name or make a name for themselves and leave a good name for their children and grandchildren to inherit. It is the poor, the weak, the overlooked that are forgotten, but not in the kingdom of heaven. In the Lord's eyes, it is those who trust in their own power and importance who will be forgotten. The rich man is identified by what he was obsessed with. No, it's not a sin to be wealthy, but look at how he used his wealth. He ignored the needy, and he was selfish, too busy accomplishing his own aspirations to take care of the poor Lazarus at his doorstep. He thought he was blessed because he was rich. After all, that was the attitude of many people at that time. If you were rich, then they presumed you were blessed. If you were poor, the Lord hadn't looked on you with favor. Jesus was showing us that that wasn't always true. The rich man was selfish, and that selfishness continued all the way to the grave. And then when he sees Lazarus in what is essentially heaven, he still only thinks of himself, doesn't he? He's not sorry for his sin. He wasn't repentant. He was concerned about his own thirst and still thought that Lazarus was there to serve him. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and give me some. Well, that's something we need to hear today. We need to encounter Jesus with this hard teaching. There are no second-chance conversions. Some of us listening right now might think we can live how we want in this world, and then after we die, we'll be able to make it up or recommit to the Lord. But what this story teaches us so clearly is that if you don't know the Lord in this life, if you don't live for the life, if you don't live for the Lord right now, you won't know him when you die. Maybe that's a morbid thought, but Jesus went there. So we need to think about it. Do you know the Lord? It's not that you aren't selfish. I can personally attest that I am still selfish, just like that rich man. I walk past those in need sometimes. I care more about my own wants than others too often. The difference is faith. Do you believe Moses and the prophets? The rich man wanted to go back and warn his family to escape judgment, but what was he told? They had Moses and the prophets. They had the Old Testament. And what is the Old Testament about? It's about the coming Jesus Christ, the one who lived, died, and rose again to save us. That's where salvation is found, in Jesus and in his word. That's what it means to know the Lord, to listen to his voice, to believe that he died and rose again for you. The parable or the story? The story not parable, of Lazarus and the rich man 
shows us once again that we are poor sinners in desperate need of help, and that the Lord, in his infinite grace and mercy, came to us to save us. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful to serve. And it's all, all because of Jesus. is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. My worth is not in skill or
Joined by Fernando Ortega, that's Keith and Kristen Getty. My worth is not in what I own. Here in a haven today, I'm Charles Morris. Encounters with Jesus is what we're calling the program. Filmed in front of a live audience, Sight and Sounds Jesus is a state-of-the-art theatrical production which has been seen by more than a million people on stage. Witness some of the most awe-inspiring, miraculous events in the Gospels as Jesus sets sail with fishermen, challenges the fishermen, and heals the hurting. From the bustling streets of Jerusalem to the raging Sea of Galilee, you can experience the greatest rescue story of all time as this spectacular original production comes to life like never before. From the bustling streets of Jerusalem to the raging Sea of Galilee, you can join Peter, Nicodemus, Mary Magdalene, and a host of others as they journeyed alongside the most famous person ever to walk the earth. Witness the most miraculous events in history as Jesus set sail with the fishermen and challenged the Pharisees and befriended the outcasts and healed the hurting. The lives he touched would never be the same. Well, we have the special edition DVD of Jesus that we'd like to send you as our thanks for your gift to Haven Today. Chris Bergamo plays the disciple James in the DVD called Jesus. I asked Chris, how do you prepare as an actor to portray one of Christ's disciples? Yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of prayer uh, to start. And uh, for me, trying to remember that these people in, in the Bible were people, just like you or me. They had struggles, they had challenges, they've had things in their lives that occurred to them, right? Just like any one of us. And so to remember that they're a human being um, that falls under the same weak flesh that we all do, and to try and dig into who that person is. And so I, I, I was lucky enough to play James of Zebedee. And I think the cool thing that I really loved about them is that Jesus called them the sons of thunder. Mm-hmm. And really because they were so zealous and so like spontaneously exuberant about their passion for Jesus and wanting to follow the Lord so much that they would then sort of stumble along the way, you know, which I feel like I often fall into myself. And just to hear about them, just, you know, because uh, I think it was Samaria that didn't want to receive Jesus. And they said, Jesus, should we send fire from the heavens down on them? You know, like, um, and uh, he's like, no, we're not going to do that. And so, I don't know, um, it just for me, things like that help for me to just start to see them as human beings who are walking a journey with the Lord, just as I am, um, that they're going to have wild ideas that might not necessarily align. And Jesus has to rein them back in. And so I think for me, that was the focus of just, just trying to show the humanity and whoever it was that I was going to be in that show. And, and just so happened to be James. It was, it was really cool to, to just discover some of those things about him. Chris Bergamo, he portrayed James in the production of Jesus by Sight and Sound. Why don't you get in touch with us right now for your own copy of this special edition DVD of Jesus? You just need to come to our website, and when you do, watch the excerpt that we've put up so you'll see how spectacular it really is. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Copies of the DVD are in our warehouse. We can get it out to you right away. Or, if more convenient, give us a call right now at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And if you wanted to but failed to get around to it, 
We still have copies of the book, Five Things to Pray for Your Kids, by Melissa Kruger, in our warehouse as well. You can get that when you call us or when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you want to win, concentrate on the finish line. If you just focus on your feet, it's easy to quit. John had a vision revelation in which he saw the new creation, the world remade after the return of Christ. In this new world, God lives with his people. There will never be an opportunity for sin or suffering again. Every sad and painful event will not only end, but also our tears are wiped away by his loving hand. The new creation is not for those who think they're perfect. It's for those who find sin's forgiveness. God's promised picture of the new creation keeps you in the race, no matter what you suffer today. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchored.com.